0: Welcome to The Cauldron, a podcast hosted by Ed Bolden Greer, the creator of Ravensvale. In each episode, Ed will have free flowing conversations about horror, life, culture, and personal growth. Expect to hear from storytellers, authors, horror experts, life gurus, thought leaders, and influencers. The Cauldron is a place where concoctions of a lot of ideas are brewed down to potions that are sometimes important and useful, sometimes eccentric and bizarre but always just what you need. The Cauldron Podcast may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Well, hey there, family. Welcome to The Cauldron. I'm your host, Ed Bolden-Greer, and this is the first episode of a new series we're calling Jacob's Haunting, Before we begin, I want to say I've been a little under the weather due to all the smoke in the air from multiple wildfires in the area. So forgive me if my voice cracks and if I have a little deeper than normal voice. So in this series, we're going to look at some of the dark urban legends of Appalachia. My co-host for this series will be my close friend, Jacob Garner, who suffers from phasmophobia. If you don't already know, phasmophobia is a persistent and intense fear of ghosts and the supernatural. So now you can probably see why I chose Jacob as my co-host. So, Jacob, welcome to The Cauldron. Hello, hello, everybody. Um, I thought it might be nice if you told the listeners a little bit about yourself uh, before we get started, uh, so they can get to know you a little better.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Jacob Garner. Uh, I work with Ed as instructors at a uh, school in our hometown of Knoxville. I am a uh, 28-year-old Filipino-American, and uh, in and of itself, the Filipino culture is very superstitious. Um, I grew up with a lot of family members referencing loved ones that have passed, being near us or in our presence. One of my first experiences that I can remember is um, my aunt... We were sitting in the living room, and my aunt saw a speck of dust get caught in the light. And to anybody else, they would just say, wow, we need to dust a little bit more. But my aunt said, oh, look, your grandfather's here.
1: Hmm. And it's little things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jacob, um, it sounds like your aunt may have been in touch with the spirit world more than you knew. Uh, So I can kind of see where you— get your phasmophobia from. Oh yeah,
2: I mean it always creeped me out for sure.
1: So in getting to know you a little better, Jacob, so that the listeners can know a little bit about who you are, I have some questions that I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. So I guess the first question that I always try to ask people uh, is tell me about the most influential person in your life. Um... I would definitely say my, uh, my twin
2: brother, Zach. Um, we're not identical, but everybody thinks we are. Uh, we're pretty similar. but um, You
1: definitely look identical. Yeah, he's pretty ugly,
2: too. Um, <laughs> I th- asshole. <laughs> uh, I like to tell people all the time, they're like, what is it like having a twin? And uh, I compare it to uh, most people. You make a best friend in grade school. Or a best friend in college, but you guys grow up and then you just go your separate ways and it kind of fizzles out. But um, I was truly lucky. I, I was bored with my best friend.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You all hang out a lot and do a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, I've often wondered what it would be like to have a twin. Um, He's so, also scared of ghosts, too. Oh, we share that in common. All right. <laughs> So some of these challenges that I'm going to offer you, maybe we'll offer those to him too. Oh, good luck. <laughs> so a little, uh, I like to ask weird questions. I don't like to ask the normal questions during an interview. Not surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I guess I need to let everybody know that one of the th- one of the things that we at the school uh do is that we kind of pick on Jacob a lot. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Uh, everybody at the school is uh as you can probably guess super into horror uh, like I am, um, except for Jacob. So yeah. he's the the odd man out. Yeah. And folks, when I say odd, I mean that in the truest sense of the word odd. <laughs> um, we we try to jump scare Jacob any chance we get, um, we we feel like we have a couple of uh, entities at the school, yeah. and um, we've we've tried to get Jacob to come investigate those with us. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a no go. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, um, he's used to my my odd questions, especially about horror and things like that but these are these are a little a little uh, bit odd for interviews um what's what's the best compliment you've ever gotten
2: uh the best compliment i've ever gotten uh well i'll just go with like the most recent one because uh, it's pretty pretty on my mind i guess uh, i had spent some time with somebody and um you know They've experienced trauma in their life, and they looked over at me at one point and just said, I've never felt so safe with somebody before. And that meant a lot to me.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, can, I can agree with that. You, you do bring a sense of, of acceptance and security around you. I'm gonna and so the typical I, stuff like I'm
2: devilishly handsome my sense of humor is impeccable uh,
1: your your my ability massive to, muscular frame your ability to be bipolar because <laughs> you just said that you were ugly now you're saying you're handsome <laughs> uh, I don't know the listeners we'll, you'll you can look at the thumbnail for the uh, episodes uh, that we're gonna have and you can make a decision on Jacob's appearance yourself Yeah. <laughs> um, So this is quite the opposite of what the question I just asked you. What's an insult that you've received that you're proud of? An insult? Yeah. Somebody,
2: a lot of people actually in this area, they say this to me and they mean it in a sense of maybe I'm being uncouth with the way that I interact with people. But I take it as a badge of honor when people say you're very open.
1: Yeah, uh, we we do live in a, a rather conservative, even though we're the blue dot in the state, where it's still a bit more conservative here. Oh, so yeah. I'd say when people say in in this area you're open, they're probably not meaning that as a compliment.
2: It's usually followed with a with a bless your heart,
1: yeah. which I've now realized that that's not actually as <laughs> <laughs> sweet as it so they're, they're not caring about your heart. No. <laughs> so yeah. It's it's a little sad that in today's uh, society, we can't be who we are uh, as a people. Uh, so um, my next question is, what's your favorite childhood memory? We've talked a lot about your childhood, and uh, some of it was bad, some of it was good. But I, I really like to focus on the positive. What What's your favorite childhood memory of all times? Me and my twin...
2: When growing up in a place called Loudon, Tennessee. Not Loudon. The Loudon, yes. that's that's, (laughs) An ongoing joke. They'll never let me live it down. It's south of here. uh, Very rural. Me and my twin brother were, I guess, what you would call latchkey kids. So we were let out of the house and we're just told, be back before it's dark. My twin and I love to walk just to pass the time on these country roads. I think when we were 14 or 15, we really got involved with thinking about litter. Pollution. Pollution. Because as we would go on our walks, we were really bothered by how much garbage was just laying on the side of the road. So we grabbed some garbage bags and we walked two and a half miles picking up all the garbage we could find. Truly, the more disturbing part was the amount of beer cans and like liquor bottles that had to have been tossed out while somebody was driving. (laughs) Uh, At the end of this, like, two-mile stretch of road, there was this lovely Asian lady who owned a gas station uh, that we walked to, and we picked up the litter in her parking lot, and then we asked, is it okay if we throw the garbage away in her dumpster? Uh, There was a little bit of miscommunication. She thought we had personal garbage we had (laughs) picked up from our house, but no. When we explained to her what we did, uh, she was so thankful and thought that it was so nice that she let us walk out of there with as many drinks and snacks for our energy as we could carry she gave it to us completely for free it really kind of showed me that you can do positive things with the only purpose is that it's the right thing to do but other people will notice sometimes
1: wow i love that story so jacob watch your favorite scary movie Wow. My favorite scary movie.
2: I would have to say Up. Uh, Wait. Up? Yes, the movie Up. Correct. (laughs) Okay, I got to hear this. I I mean, is there anything more horrifying than falling in love and then your loved one passing away before you? I mean, that was a tragic opening to a children's movie.
1: (laughs) Okay, I see that. Okay, Uh, good answer. I guess... I guess I should have framed the question a little differently. Um, what's your favorite horror movie uh, is what I should have asked. Uh, I know that every year you come to our horror movie fest that we have at our house, uh, and, and you seem to enjoy it. Uh, only because you guys make, like, those jet-fuel
2: margaritas.
1: <laughs> uh, let's reframe the question. Okay. And um, so what's your favorite horror movie of all times? I know
2: this may shock a lot of people. I don't watch a lot. Uh, Really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If I had to pick one that was legitimately terrifying, that I found very enjoyable, I would have to say the movie Hereditary. Oh, okay. I think that it was very well done, very scary, had a lot of suspense and emotional drama. Also had that little tinge of the occult. It's pretty scary stuff. Yeah.
1: I, I get that. I can see how you would enjoy that. Um, so, um, have you read any horror novels? Horror novels? Yeah, what's your favorite horror horror book? Twilight. Uh, Jacob. That's not really a horror novel. <laughs> it Well, it does have vampires and werewolves. True. They're really pretty vampires and werewolves. They don't really do a lot of... Anyway, <laughs> so your favorite horror book is Twilight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's okay,
1: time. people, <laughs> listeners, I think you can get what we're going for here. Um, wow. Um, so, some more things about you. Okay. I have a couple more questions. So, you and my husband Jared are involved in a fight club, and <laughs> and I know that what happens in fight club stays in fight club. But could you just spill the beans just a little bit? It's it's not a fight club.
2: Mm. It is a is a registered combat sports school that I help instruct at. Been going to for eight years. It's called Memento Combat Sports. It's in Louisville, Tennessee, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. It's not, a, it's not a fight club. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. Oh,
1: yeah. okay. Uh, are you sure it's not a fight club? Because y'all come out sweaty and, and bruised. and. Oh, yeah. Well, see, and this is actually kind of
2: relevant for the listeners, I'm assuming. Part of the reason why I'm so scared of ghosts is I've spent the better half of eight years now only learning how to fight the living. Like, uh, a straight jab and a choke is not
1: going to work on a phantom. Right. I I, I can see that. Um, Well, Jacob, my last question before we get started into this series. Um, If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? One thing. Well,
2: maybe after I pass on, my loved ones will just sit around and say, Boy, it's a lot less funny around here, isn't it? Hmm.
1: I don't know that they're going to say that, Jacob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe they'll just say, man, it's it's, it's really nice quieter. and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot quieter around here. Uh,
1: so, do you have a real answer to that? Sure. <laughs> okay, what would that be?
2: Um, he loved a lot,
1: I guess. Okay. Yeah. And you certainly do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Folks, you know a little bit more about Jacob now. Uh, We're going to put links to his social media in the episode notes so that you can uh, like and follow him. As y'all know, um, Appalachia is a geographic region that stretches from southern New York to northern Mississippi, covering about 13 states and encompassing the Appalachian Mountains. But Appalachia is also a culture. The Appalachian Mountains are over a billion years old, and they are full of dark mysteries. And Jacob, we're going to look at those dark mysteries. Well, we're going to look at five of these urban legends over the next five episodes. They're not too spooky, right? Well, we'll let you be the judge of that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Appalachia is famously known for its rich history cultural diversity and natural beauty, but it's also known for our dark and eerie folklore. Um, from haunted bridges and in mysterious lights to ancient races and monstrous creatures, Appalachia has plenty of stories to keep you awake at night, Jacob. I'm sure. I mean, this is a very old part of the country. Absolutely. Uh, in this series, we're going to discuss, like I said, five of the most intriguing legends, urban legends of Appalachia, and try to find out if there's any truth behind them. Each week, uh, we'll be giving Jacob an assignment to research and come back, and uh, we hope that you all will enjoy this series. Um, Our first episode in the series is going to be about the Bell Witch. We're going to go through today what all of them are going to be, but our first Uh, urban legend is going to be the Bell Witch, which is one of the most famous and terrifying examples of Appalachian lore that I know about. Uh, It originated in Robertson County, Tennessee, and the legend centers around the Bell family who was tormented by a malevolent spirit in the 1800s. Okay, uh, The spirit claimed to be a woman named Kate Batts, who had a grudge against John Bell, uh, who was the patriarch of the family, for cheating her in a land deal. Mm. Uh, the spirit, Kate, would manifest as animals and voices and sounds and uh, even physical attacks. Yes. Uh, they were focused on mostly on John's daughter, Betsy Bell. Um, the spirit... Uh, predicted future events like John Bell's death and the Civil War. Uh, It got to be so well known across the country that it attracted uh, General Andrew Jackson's attention, Uh, And he came and visited the Bell Farm and was said to have witnessed some paranormal phenomenon himself. Really? Uh, Yeah. Um, The legend inspired multiple books and movies and TV shows, such as An American Haunting. You've probably heard of that. Yeah. And The Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard of this, though. Um, But... What is the truth behind the Bell Witch? Uh, Some historians have suggested that the legend was exaggerated or fabricated by the Bell family or their neighbors for uh, various reasons, (laughs) like publicity or money or revenge. Others have proposed that the spirit was actually a poltergeist or a manifestation of Betsy Bell's subconscious, uh, perhaps mental illness. And some have speculated that the spirit was an alien or an interdimensional being. Ooh. Hold on. What's a poltergeist? Um, Well, in this sense, poltergeist would be— It's a a great movie. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, But in this sense, a poltergeist would be a ghost that um, perhaps has lost their identity— or uh, maybe they still have their identity, but, or have taken on a different identity. Uh, and most, most of the time, poltergeists are mischievous, not malevolent. In this case, the Bell Witch would be malevolent. Okay, gotcha. Um, whatever the case, uh, the Bell Witch still remains a mystery. Uh, it, it's one of the most enduring and frightening urban legends of Appalachia. So, Jacob, here's a picture of the Bell Witch Cave.
2: Okay. Oh,
1: that is
2: creepy as shit. Yeah, that definitely looks like a cave that a witch would set up shop, for yeah. sure.
1: I've been there, and there's a lot of what I would call weird energy around that but cave. you've been there? Yeah. Where is it? Um, it's in Robertson County. And, and Jared and I would like to invite you to go with us and <laughs> tour that cave. Sure. Uh, if you want yeah. to, so yeah. are you willing to do that?
2: Uh, n- I plead the fifth right now. Okay.
1: On <laughs> well, as part of this, you're series- not getting me into that cave. <laughs> um, as part of this series, remember that that invitation's open, and we would love to take you there. We would do a live remote, uh, and we'd record the the visit to that cave for all the listeners to hear. I mean, if they vote for it, I'll do it. Okay. But- uh, which I guess that could be something that we do. As you all know, Ravensville has a website. We also have social media. We're on all the mo- social media sites. We mostly uh, post to Facebook or to Instagram. So if if you are not on our social media, uh, go out and like our Facebook page, and um, we'll we'll post votes for. Which one of these they want to see you attend? I already know how this is going to end. They're gonna they're gonna watch and see which one I'm the most terrified of. Well, I'm, I think we'll also give them the option of you doing a paranormal investigation with us at the school. Oh god! Or going to a haunted attraction with us. Oh, and we'll add those into the votes. How how about that? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I can see you're thrilled about it. Oh yeah. The next urban legend that we're going to talk about, which will be episode two of the series, uh, will be the Brown Mountain Lights. Uh, The Brown Mountain Lights are a mysterious phenomena that occurs on and around Brown Mountain in North Carolina. Uh, For centuries, people have reported seeing balls of light of various sizes and colors floating all around the area, above the mountains, near the mountains. Uh, some have described them as like candle flame or lanterns or fireballs. Uh, some have claimed they make noises, humming and whistling. Yeah. Uh, some have said they follow and chase people around. Ch- chase them around? Yeah. Uh, or even, well, especially if you try to approach them. The origin and nature of these lights are unknown but some have suggested that they're a natural phenomenon like swamp gas or ball lightning or a reflection of a car's headlights. Others have suggested perhaps supernatural phenomenon like ghosts or fairies. Uh, Others uh, have suggested uh, that they might be UFOs or some interdimensional entity. The Cherokee Indians had a legend about those lights being the souls of Native American warriors who died in battle. Ugh, dude. The idea of one of those guys chasing you. Yeah. So, here again, we would go to Brown Mountain, see if we could see some lights. Oh, so I could get chased (laughs) through the woods. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It just gave me goosebumps just thinking (laughs) about that. That's creepy. (laughs) Uh, The Brown Mountain lights have attracted lots of curious visitors, as you probably can guess, and researchers over the years, but no one's ever been able to conclusively explain why they happened. Lots of people have seen them. They, they remain one of the most mysterious and captivating urban legends that I've heard about in Appalachia. Yeah. Um, the next one is a little harder. Uh, we would probably have to go camping to do this. Oh, God. It's the Moon-Eyed People. And the Moon-Eyed people are a mythical race that supposedly lived in Appalachia before the arrival of uh, of, of even the Cherokee Indians. Uh, they were said to be small people with pale skin and blue eyes uh, who didn't see well during the daylight and only came out at night.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I've definitely dated a girl that was probably
1: one of these people. that. But... Uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were also said to be very skilled builders and left behind stone structures and carvings throughout the region. And the origin of these people, the fate of these people are unknown. We, we don't know where they went or what happened to them. Some have suggested that they were prehistoric tribes of Native Americans who had albinism or other genetic mutations. Hmm. Others have suggested that they were a group of European explorers or settlers who arrived earlier than what we commonly believe the area was settled. Uh, Some have even suggested that they were aliens or interdimensional beings uh, who visited the Earth a long time ago and got left here. Hmm. The Moon-Eyed people are mentioned in several of the Cherokee legends and some historical accounts, but there's very little archaeological or genetic evidence to support their existence. Hmm. Uh, To me, they remain one of the most intriguing and elusive urban legends of Appalachia. Gotcha. Uh, We could go looking for the moon-eyed people. I mean, at at that point, it would be like their spirits, right? Kind of like probably uh, be bopping around the woods. um, Perhaps that that's correct. But you know, there are uh, stories about them being cave dwellers or Mm. or living under the earth. Okay, uh, and that's why their eyesight is so. Uh, tuned to the nighttime and not so good in the daytime. Gotcha. So we could go look at some of those caves or something, and perhaps we would meet their spirits if they're no longer living. <sighs> <laughs> the next urban legend is, uh, and and we were at CreepyCon. Oh, yeah. That uh, was a blast. Shout year. out CreepyCon. <laughs> yeah. And we, we saw some fabulous costumes yeah. uh, and people uh, dressed up in their, their favorite haunts and spooky creatures. Uh, but one of the ones that w- was the most impressive to me, we saw him putting on his costume in the, the foyer of the convention center, was a Mothman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and So, Jacob, I know you know a little bit about the Mothman, but it's a humanoid creature that has large wings and red glowing eyes. Uh, it's been sighted really all around the world, but A lot in the Appalachian areas, but most notably in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in the late 1960s. Um, The Mothman is said to be a harbinger of doom. Oh. So I... I, The guy at the con definitely wasn't. He was a chill dude. No, he was pretty cool. And um, (laughs) all the people that he was with were really cool too. It's often said that the Mothman will often appear during disasters such as the collapse of the Silver Bridge in 1967, which killed 46 people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. One of the most prominent researchers of the Mothman case was a man named John Keel. He's Hmm. a journalist and author who wrote multiple books on UFOs and, and some other paranormal topics as well. But Keel visited Pleasant Point several times in 1966 and 67 interviewing witnesses and collecting evidence. He also claimed to have experienced some of the strange phenomena of the Mothman himself, uh, such as um, phone interference and psychic messaging and encounters with men in black. Oh, like from the movies? That kind of thing, yeah. Huh. Um, Kill developed a theory that the Mothman was part of a larger phenomenon that he called the Ultra-Terrestrial Hypothesis. Ultra-terrestrial. Yeah, and we're going to be exploring what that means oh, okay. during the episode. Uh, Kill believed that these things were behind many of the mysteries and legends of human history. Oh, okay. So—and um, the last urban legend that we're going to look at, I think almost everybody has heard or knows about, and it's that's called the Bloody Hook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. scared me—
2: uh, during Appalachian Horror Fest with your rendition of it. Did you have to name the character in your rendition after me, though? That was a little... Yes.
1: (laughs) I did that purposefully because you were not expecting it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Appalachian Horror Fest, we're getting ready to have all that footage and audio released. Oh, cool. Um, Unfortunately, we had a couple of glitches, and we already have posted out there... The Last Mortal Moment that Jared did. Yeah. And uh, we've also posted to The Coven my version of The Hook Mm -hmm. because those had some significant glitches in the audio, so we couldn't rip that out and and edit it without it sounding weird. So we went into the studio at um, Nikki D Sound and re-recorded that. Oh, cool, So that everybody could listen to it. Those two are currently posted in The Coven. But... As you know, The Bloody Hook Mm. uh, is about a man, a killer, uh, with a pirate-like hook uh, for a hand. And in some stories, he just carries a hook that attacks couples in parked cars. And in many versions of the story, uh, he's reported or portrayed as faceless, silhouetted man wearing a coat, a raincoat specifically, and a rain hat that conceals most of his face. And so we're going to look at that, and see how what we can find out about maybe where that legend came from. Was there actually a killer? Was the killer, as in my story, was the killer a spirit? Yeah. You know. So, a- as you all know, uh, each week we're going to, for the next five weeks. We're going to be giving Jacob an assignment uh, to research. So, uh, Jacob, your first assignment. Uh, and, and you you went to school and I was one of your instructors. Yeah. Uh, so, you understand that I'm an old-fashioned school teacher. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So, that means that I need you to do a, a really good job on researching this. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and so, the first... Uh, thing that we want you to research is the Bell Witch. Okay. So we're going to come back to the studio next week and and record the Bell Witch episode, and we'll we'll find out what you found out about the Bell Witch, and we'll talk about uh, all of the mythos surrounding the Bell Witch. How does that sound?
2: That sounds like I'm not going to sleep super good for the next five weeks. Okay. <laughs> but. It'll be fun. I think it will be. I hope that the like maybe the research will make me less scared, you know?
1: The more I can figure yeah. out you know thy enemy, you know. Yeah. Well that's what we're hoping, or at least at least you will get a sense that you can defend yourself. <laughs> um I I I just wanna point out for for the listeners, I have a deck of tarot cards oh, man. On, on my Table here uh, at the studio, and Jacob asked what they were, and I told him, and he he went pale, yeah, and uh, like slid them away from him. And maybe maybe in a different series or a different episode, we'll look at things like that. Oh man! So as as we start to end the show today, <clears throat> I want to tell everybody about our Christmas episode, okay, um, Ravensvale. Uh, is putting out a Christmas episode. It'll be out about mid-December. And it's a two-story special that Jared and I are doing. We both wrote original stories. Without giving any kind of spoilers, Jared's story is about the origin of Santa Claus. And oh, okay. it's pretty gruesome. Really? Yeah. And it, it's it's a fictional work, but it has a lot of... Factual things behind it, time frames and people and things like that. Great. I got to be scared of Santa Claus, too, know? No, no he's, he's one of the good guys. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay good. Um, and then my story, and both of these stories are taking place as fictional uh, stories, they're both taking place in the Ravensville universe. Oh, cool. Okay. And so my story is a retelling of. The night before Christmas, okay. Okay, uh, set to a Ravensville theme. Yeah. There's a couple of Easter eggs that I won't spoil in there. The only thing that I will say is, if you are a faithful listener and you've listened to the episode about Sybil's diaries hmm. and her two best friends, then you may you may figure something out. In, in this story, cool, and we're really we're really happy with how the stories came out, and we're we're grateful uh, to be able to bring that to everybody. It's a kind of a double feature.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we are also releasing our December episode, which continues the Sybil storyline uh, of the season in December, the first of December, and then the Christmas episode will come out mid-December. Nice, nice. Well. As we wrap up, Jacob, is there anything else you want to say before we end? Uh, yeah, actually. I want to make sure everybody understands
2: I, I'm going to come across as pretty skeptical, but it's from a defense mechanism because a lot of this stuff scares the shit out of me. And I want to make sure I don't offend anybody. When I question things, like the supernatural or the
1: afterlife or anything. Yeah, I think you're far from a skeptic. (laughs) Well, family, that's it for this episode of Jacob's Haunting. I'm Ed Bolden Greer. And I'm Jacob Garner. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like what you heard, make sure you tune in to next week's episode and find out what Jacob thinks about the Bell Witch. (laughs) Now, family, you adults have a few chores to do. If you haven't already, go on over to Ravensvale.com. And see about doing your chores on social media. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we've made available just for you guys. And tell your friends about us, won't
0: you? So until next time, family. See you soon. The Cauldron is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's episode was hosted by Ed Bolden-Greer with guest co-host Jacob A. Garner. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nicky D. Sound. Copyrighted 2023. Small Raven Media. All rights reserved.